Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Adam Dravetta. I am Derek Johnson on KLWN. We've got a short show Derek, today. Derek, I cannot wait. I have so much to talk about. I am so happy we have three hours we today. Do not. We got what? Nope. We uh, well, there's Tom Brady to talk about. I mean, we got. Mm-hmm. We don't have three hours. No, Brian Flores is suing the Giants. In why the do NFL. Why do we only have we'll an hour and that. a half? Uh, we're out early. Iowa State, Kansas coverage. Oh, and uh, well, at least Ochai may may have a great game tonight. No, didn't travel with the team. Oh no, he. Uh, I don't know if he has COVID. Test positive um, for COVID. It's COVID or, related. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I don't know if he has it, if it's just a, a contact. contact tracing thing yeah. is the way I was I was wanting to put that. Um, so, no, Ochai will not be there. Remy Martin, maybe. I don't know. There's, there's a video posted by uh, the KU Basketball Twitter account, if we want to read too much into this, where I don't think I ever saw a clip. It was, it was like a practice. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. You didn't see anything with Remy Martin. Could yeah. just be that he didn't practice because he's injured. Or I think that's more like I'll say this for self. Self doesn't seem very like I bet you he's there one way yeah. or another. And self doesn't seem like the the type who, you know, we all remember a certain um, football coach who didn't want RCST back before I was here. Didn't want RCST interviewing players because they might give away who the starting quarterback was. It wasn't Lance Leipold. It was another coach. <coughs> But the point is, self doesn't really seem to be the type of guy who cares about those sorts of things. Like, I don't think self cares about, I think it's basically like. No, I you bet know, you he just, hey, he's hurt. Why don't yeah. we not practice him? And if he plays, he's a game time decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, here, yeah. you know. Exactly. Um, so, but that being said, gun to your head moment right now. If somebody asked you, is Remy Martin playing or not? Like obviously we don't have any inside knowledge on it, but I would just assume no based on based on the every, context we know. And, and and what self said, what really I I keep coming back to is self the way self described Remy's the pain that Remy is in, and then he followed it up with and the the doctors I can't remember his exact words, but he basically said the doctors have kind of verified what an extreme level of pain this injury comes with. And, and look, Self is not shy. If, if he thinks a player or a group of players is kind of, you know, soft, he likes that word a lot, he's not shy if, if saying it if he thinks a player is being soft. And I bring that up to say that's why I don't think this is about Remy not playing through something that he could otherwise play through. I think the way Self worded that yesterday makes me think that Remy is legitimately in a great deal of pain which then I take that to lead to my belief that he does not play tonight. And point being, because I agree with you, KU shorthanded. Whether Remy does or doesn't, you're without a National Player of the Year candidate, but realistically, you could be missing both of those guys. And sure, Remy's not a starter right now. He doesn't have nearly as big of a role as as maybe some other guy who would be missing time. But that uh, that's a lot of minutes to fill up. That's uh, a lot of other opportunities. On one hand, if you want to look at it as a positive, I mean, we talked about all offseason, and really at the start of the season, because at the start of the season, like the Michigan State game, that game was won by Ochag Baji in the bench. And we thought this was going to be one of the deeper Bill Self teams that he's ever had. Hasn't really translated or gone into actual Big 12 play so far. Mm-hmm. The bench hasn't really impacted things a ton. Tonight's a game where that has to happen. Without Ochag Baji and Remy Martin, guys like Jalen Coleman-Lands who... You know, if, if we're trying to predict the starting lineup tonight, I, I I guess the guy who fills in for Ochai, for me, the favorite would probably be Jalen Coleman-Lands. Number two on the list would probably be K.J. Adams. You play him at the uh, at the four, I guess. And then move uh, Christian to the three? I guess Christian would be the two there, right? That might be too oh, yeah, big no, of a Yeah, no, because he already is the three. Yeah, he already is the three. Yeah, but you could basically switch at a lot of spots. I don't know, maybe he's the second guy, and then maybe the third guy would be... 
um, either Joe Yesfu or Bobby Pettiford, but I, I feel like it would be Jalen Coleman Lands. Yeah, so that would that would make a starting Which is lineup of what the, the starting lineup would become: Dewan Harris, yeah, Dewan would Jaylen, be the one, Jalen Coleman, Coleman Lance Lance, would be the two, Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, and then probably David, David McCormick. McCormick. Yeah, yeah, and and for Jalen Coleman Lance, if, if you want to just continue the 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 positions, I mean, Jalen Coleman Lance is nothing approaching Ochai's ability right now. But if just you want to go position by position, he's the backup too. The one thing Jalen Coleman lands that can live up to what Ochai can do is his shooting ability, and that could come in big because we've seen the KU offense at times without Ochai Baji, or even times with Ochai Baji, it's looked like Ochai and four other guys on the court at certain times and and stretches for KU this season. Jalen Coleman lands can at least give you the offensive punch, and he's playing in Hilton Coliseum where he played all of his home games last year. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if that helps at all. He's going to be used to the the booze. Yeah, but he's used to being on the other side. The other side of it. Right? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I uh, On the other side, given where he played he played there last year, it means he's used to losing in Hilton because um, they only <laughs> won two games last year. But, yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. And I, I do think, um, look, we're going to, we're going to find out tonight a lot about this KU, I mean, you want to talk about mental toughness. We're going to find out a lot. I mean, look, what if Christian Brown, I mean, we've talked about he really is not up to snuff when it comes to the uh, the, uh, the full or the half-court um, offense. He look, And his toughness isn't lacking. He's, he's very involved. He fills up the stat sheet, but he just can't score if it's not a full-court game. If they reduce it to a half-court game, he really struggles to score in the half-court offense. But what if Christian Brown buckles down and just goes nuts for 24. Yeah, I, I think if if they lose this game, like we're not going to hold it against them in terms of because you, you could be without two of these players at the very least. Uh, you're without Ochai. Um, we'll probably, you know, definitely be discussing the why they lost Ochai. that game and, yeah. and some issues of that. But it won't necessarily be held against them, especially in, in a month from now or something when we look back at if they lose this game at Iowa State, top 25 team without your best player. But like you said, that's an opportunity, man. It's an opportunity for this team, like you said, to prove your mental toughness, to shake a big blowout loss to Kentucky and get back on the winning ways without your best player. It's an opportunity for this team to prove we are more than just one player. We are more than Ochag Baji. It's an, it's an opportunity for a, a player to step up and go, look, Oj, when Ochai is gone, this is my team. Mm-hmm. When yeah. Ochai goes to the NBA Brown, next Jaylen year, Wilson. this will be my team. Mm-hmm. It's a chance for one of those guys to step up and say that, to make that statement. That way we're going in, you know, in May, and Ochai's, you know, going to the draft and, and all that stuff. We're going, well, yeah, but remember that game in Ames? I mean, that, that has, look, I, that has a chance to happen tonight, that somebody steps up and, and declares themselves as the guy once Ochai Baji leaves for the NBA. And you also have an opportunity for, like, if you're Joe Yasufu, Bobby Pettiford, I don't know, KJ Adams, Jalen Coleman, any of these guys that come off the bench, maybe less so for Jalen Coleman lands because specifically his increased playing time does come without Ochai. But some of these other guys, you know, you haven't really been able to grab a, a firm hold of a rotation spot. Specifically, I, I'm thinking here with Bobby Pettiford or Joe Yasufu. It would behoove this team if one of those guys could because they could use extra athleticism, they could use an extra ball handler, they could use an insurance valve for if the Remy Martin thing just doesn't work, whether it's injury, whether it's not getting along with Bill Self, whether it's not performing well, whether it's not doing the little things, doesn't matter. One of those guys, it could really behoove KU if they step up. And this is the game where they have the best opportunity to do that. They have, they, they'll have, they Self will not have the option of 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 pulling guy, you know he's not going to have this. Okay, in a normal game, all right, Ochai, you're playing really well. Time to get you about a two minute rest. Oh, this guy just screwed up twice in the last forty five seconds. Sorry, Ochai, your rest is cut short. Get back in there. Self doesn't have that option tonight. It's going to be live or die with this team without Ochai and and I would say likely without Remy Martin. And what do they do? You know that's a, that's a huge question. I, I um, you know, I and I don't know the answer to it. I, I, David McCormick could, you know, back against the wall could could start punching. I, I again, I doubt it happens, but and the, these are, and I'm not even saying these are what we think is going to happen. These are just what would have to happen 
for KU to come away with a win. Yeah. I mean, Ochai's averaging 35 minutes a game. So beyond just the impact thing, you got to fill that somewhere. If Remy's not playing, he averages 23 and a half minutes per game. Both those guys don't play. That's almost 60 minutes you yeah. have to make up for with guys that haven't been used to playing. So big opportunity, and it's against a pretty good Iowa State team. We, we saw them almost beat Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse, took the Dewan Harris crazy layup at the end of the game. Um, we've been over the scouting report with, with Iowa State before. Let me, I guess, reemphasize. Really good defense. They're top 10 in the country on the defensive end of the court, and they do it specifically by forcing a lot of steals. They're number one in the Big 12 in forcing turnovers. So again, Bobby Pettiford, Joey Esfu. One of you guys step up because you're probably going to need another ball handler out there um, next to Dewan Harris or to give Dewan a break yeah. from handling all that ball pressure. Uh, Iowa State, though, weirdly enough, they are 10th during Big 12 play in two-point defense. So there's tenth, an opportunity tenth in the there. Big 12? Yeah, during conference play wow. specifically. I, I thought you meant – I thought you. I didn't know if you meant – I know you meant just during conference play. I didn't know if you meant 10th in the nation, like really, really great. You, you're saying they're dead last in the Big 12 yes. over the course of – Conference play. Which that's that's very weird. So yeah. if you can hold on to the ball, and I think that's part of it too, like maybe if you're fronting the post all the time, it's going to lead to more steals and turnovers. Yeah. But then when they make the catch, it's an easy it's two. It's, it's, I don't know if that's part of it. Um, and, and again, that could light, that, that could mean, if that's, if that's indeed what their style is, that could mean opportunities for McCormick. Absolutely. And then on the other end of the floor, Iowa State's offense leaves something to be desired. They don't really go for offensive rebounds. They peel back into transition. Now, it's weird. Their offense gets the ball stripped from them. They turn the ball over a good amount of time. But because they play a style where they they don't really crash the glass, they get ready to get back on on transition, even though they give up turnovers, they don't really give up transition opportunities. Well, just going back to the scouting report um, ahead of the game at Allen Fieldhouse against Iowa State a few weeks ago, do I didn't they have at least at that point a couple guys that we thought had the potential to go off? Yes, Isaiah Brockington. He uh, had 17 points in that game. He was dominant in isolation at the end of the game. We played the Bill Self presser for you yesterday, and and he said, you know, I I thought we played good defense on him. Sometimes good players are just going to make shots. Uh, the one that I'm watching is Gabe Kalshier. Gabe Kalshier came into that game shooting under 30 percent, um, from three on the season, and. He just went off in that game. I think he hit four threes. He was the guy who missed the last three, though. He's shooting 24% this year. Last year, he shot 24 and a half on 110 threes. He's taking 112 this year. So, like, he has high volume, not a good shooter. But if he shoots well from three again, it just makes them that much tougher because it's not something you're necessarily counting on. But, yeah, Isaiah Brockington, Tyrese Hunter, those two guards, they can take over any game. For When we say it went from before the show, we were during show prep, we were talking went from four-and-a-half KU point favorite, four-and-a-half point favorite to two or two-and-a-half. Yeah, so Ken Baum has this as a two-point game, and I don't know if that um, factors in Ochai, but Vegas specifically had it a four, four-and-a-half. Had it a four-and-a-half, I believe, as of before the Ochai-Baji yeah. news. It got down to as little as minus two, and it looks like it's it's settling now around two, two-and-a-half. I got to think if, if this Ochai news came in Sunday morning, that he was going to be out for tonight, I got to think this is Iowa State favored by two. I would have to think so. Yeah, like I said, with with Ken Palm, for instance, having it a two point game, I don't think that factors in not knowing that Ochai is going to play. Like I don't, I don't think that goes into play here. So I, I, I think you you're think? probably right. No, I, I don't think he does. Like the like it might factor in afterwards, but I don't think it factors in hmm. going in. I okay. don't know. I don't know how that. I works. just I got to think Iowa State would be favored by by a point or two if if they knew beforehand that Ochai was not going to play. The, the the numbers typically come out the day of, and so the the number was released by Vegas, um, which if you got Iowa State plus four, you did a great congrats job. To you. Yeah, congrats. Um but I, I don't know. I, I could also see look, this is this is a, a you know this is a, a chance for some for a young player to to begin to make their mark. A guy who in the 2023-2024 season is going to be playing at a player of the year clip, and we're going to go, hey, man, it all started in Ames back in 2021 or 2022. That could happen. Again, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm predicting it, but that is what this game could become it is, is the game. It was that guy. That guy went off. Devontae against Oklahoma in the return trip in, into Norman after the three overtime game in 2016. Devontae goes nuts. 
that was the precursor to the Big 12 Player of the Year that he became two years later. That could be what we see tonight. Yeah, yeah, Perry Ellis in the Big 12 tournament, right? His his freshman year, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good point, and I think that more than anything, you know, we always kind of joke about and laugh about, like, Bill Self's favorite wins aren't the ones where you blow another team out or a game where the offense was just moving the ball so well and hitting open shots and, and killing it in transition. It's the games where you win an ugly game. You ugly the game up. Your defense plays well. You grind it out. and You find a way to win a game where the odds aren't really in your favor, where, where certain yeah. things are stacked against you. And this year's team has not been able to do that. And, and the reason why, right now, this would be the worst defense by adjusted defensive efficiency on Ken Palm in the Bill South era. It would be the very worst. By a lot. Yes. Uh, it's uncharacteristic. Tonight, without Ochai, you kind of have to be able to, to grind a little bit more. I can't help but wonder, especially coming off a Kentucky game, where you got a little bit punked in the, the effort department, in the grinded-out department, um, between the offensive rebounding, the second-chance opportunities. Yeah, 50-50 balls. Right? Um, I kind of wonder if, if Kansas wins this game, if that's the path to it. It's just a grind it out. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be pretty. 58-56. Yeah. 58-57. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Bill Self walks away. First to 60 wins. This would be the happiest win of the year yeah, for Bill Self. Yeah. Right? Uh, he's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. Matt Tate will join us in about 20 minutes from right now of KUSports.com. This is Rock Truck Sports Talk on KLWN, KLWN.com, the KLWN app. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Matt Tate of... Lawrence Journal World joins the show in about 15 minutes from right now. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk out early today at 4.30 for coverage of the Jayhawk Radio Network. Ojagbaji out today due to COVID. He did not travel down with the team. To what extent, we don't know. Um, will he miss the Baylor game? I also don't know. We'll ask Matt Tate about the protocols yet, there. To be clear, we don't know if it's a negative test. or right. I mean, We don't know if it's a positive test. Or contact tracing. We yeah. don't know. All we know is he didn't travel with the team and it's related to COVID. So we'll ask Matt more about that and try to get uh, more details there. I am curious, and, and this kind of comes um, at an interesting time because I was I was planning on talking about this this week anyway, and then this news happened, and I think we're going to have a good opportunity to see maybe an example tonight. If Ochai Baji wouldn't have come back this season, or like let's just say hypothetically like Ochai just you know decided – I don't know. Ochai Baji just uh, Thanos snap poofs away. Um, or just goes to the NBA. Yeah, there you go. That's a happier story. Yeah, it is. Um, would KU be ranked even? Would they be top 25? Yeah, I think it's easy to look at each individual box score and look at Ochai specifically and say no. Um, but I, 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 there's such a butterfly effect to these things. Yeah, um, there is. Well, especially it, it, if he goes to the NBA, you're you're adding somebody else. You're in. probably exactly. You're probably adding another transfer, or there is another guy getting playing time that wasn't otherwise getting playing time. Maybe Remy, you know, maybe Self is forced to keep Remy on the floor, and he adjusts and, and improves. Um, I just I think look, I've I've seen Bill Self, and you've been you know you've followed KU long enough, and and I've followed KU since my life, my whole life, and that has included all of Self's career at KU. I've just seen Self so many times get a team to not just ranked, but a top four seed. He's never been lower than top four seed in the NCAA tournament. And so based on the, the self-influence, other guys stepping up, Self having an entire training camp knowing ahead of time that he wouldn't have Ochai, I would say yes, just because playing the numbers game. I don't think they spend the whole season ranked. I think it could be similar to last year. Um, or maybe they are, you know, unranked. Um, but I at, at one point, I don't know. But I, I think they're probably hovering in the 15 to 20 range. I don't know that they ever get into the top five like they were. at one. Really just a 
recently as last week. Um, I don't think they ever get that high. I think they're hovering between 15 and 20, vying for like a second or third place in the Big 12, and you know, hoping to keep that never getting worse than a four seed in the NCAA tournament streak intact. Um, but I do think they're ranked. Yeah, I mean, like you said, if you take this in a vacuum, I mean... No way. No, because uh, this one's weird. The Michigan State game, you won by 13, but Ochai was like by far the best player in that game. He had 29 points. I don't know uh, on that one. We'll, we'll say they still win it. Um, Dayton still lost. Uh... Stephen F. Austin, did they lose that game without Ochai? Yeah, again, looking at all these things in the in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. This, this then, exercise I'm doing right now is, is the vacuum. Version. Probably they lose Stephen F. Austin. They probably okay, so lose to extra. Oklahoma. They lose to do they lose to George Mason? No. Okay. Uh Oklahoma State? No, wasn't that Dave's real Dave They ended up winning. Yeah. Dave had a great game. They kind of won that game going away. Okay, uh, Oklahoma, think, as you mentioned, yes, they lose I, the Iowa State at home game. Yes, and I think they lose to uh, Texas Tech at home. Yeah, they lose at Kansas State. In a vacuum, yes, yeah. yes, you're absolutely right. That's Again, th- this all goes back to the so many so things would be so different with this team though if Self knew all along that he wasn't going to have Ochai. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So I'm we're just saying, like, in a vacuum. Yeah, and so the purpose, if we're looking at this exercise. The purpose of this exercise isn't to explore what would have happened if, if Ochai never came back and, and you know, it, versus just looking at the impact he's had on this team. You, you can't argue it. He's been um, he's been as important of a KU player, and in, he's been as important of a player, individual players KU's had probably since Thomas Robinson. When you think of the inconsistent production around him and the consistent production that he's provided. I think Frank Mason, you know, was a national player of the year. He was amazing, but there's also a heap of talent around Frank Mason in 2017 and in 2016. Um, but he, he was still uber, uber important, but I just, if I really think Ochai is every, when you, when you factor in how inconsistent the rest of the team has been around Ochai Baji, I think he's every bit as important as, as Thomas Robinson was to that team because it was very much, um, at times, a one-man show. Yeah, if you... Uh, we we did five games there. If you, I guess, I don't know, subtract five games, and, and I mean, basketball reference has like a... They're, they're, they have win shares. It's like we could go on that too. Yeah. Ochag Baji's been worth 3.8 win shares. If we do the minus five, what we did, they'd be 12 and eight. Which, I mean, yeah, you're obviously unranked at that point. You're, you're unranked at that point. You're a borderline tournament team. And then um, if we just do the 3.8, so we'll call it four of, of basketball reference, 13 and seven, probably still, still not, not ranked. ranked. And also. The only thing that it could argue you being ranked is the fact if you were, if you started the season ranked in like the top 10 and people are still giving you votes. But yeah, I mean, I, I look. He's been. I I think that's the best way I could possibly put it is expressing his importance at that level, comparing his importance level to Thomas Robinson, the eleven and twelve team. They needed every bit of that, um, and of course, that team maximized its potential. I think, you know, beyond anything I think anybody expected them to, especially around mid you know, the beginning of February. Um, but I, I. Um, I don't know. I, I I I think he. That's just as important as he's been. Again, if we're looking at it more, you know, abstractly, then then yes, I think they're still probably ranked because I think self figures out a way to get to to design a system around what he has better than almost any coach I've seen, and they probably are, do have a chance to bring in another transfer. Yeah, you, you don't know how certain guys are going to play in different roles, too. Yeah. Like, without Ochai, maybe they're starting Remy and Dewan yeah. next to each other with that extra spot, yeah. and maybe it, that's that's never a headache, and, and maybe they're they're off and rolling. So, again, and there's, you there's, don't... Yeah, there's just such... It, with Ochai not coming back at all, there's such a butterfly effect. I still say, yes, they are ranked, but just for the purpose of this conversation and more as a way of illustrating how good Remy is or um, Ochai has been and how much he's meant to this team. And that is an important discussion for tonight because he's not going to be there. Exactly. And the guy you brought in when Ochai was still in the draft process was Jalen Coleman-Lands. And I know kind of the assumption that um, was floated around was 
the Jalen Coleman lands was basically Ochai Baji insurance. That if Ochai stayed in the draft, Jalen Coleman lands could be a guy that you would have, not necessarily to the level that Ochai played, and clearly not on on like the defensive end and some of the other stuff, and would he even start? I, I don't know. Real quick, go ahead. But he was a guy that you could bring in to make threes, and, and without Ochai, you know, there's not as many consistent three-point shooters on this team as you'd like to think. On the topic of wind shares, just doing some quick math, and I just took the um, 3.8 divided by 20, which is how many games the Jayhawks have played. That comes out to almost point, point 0.19. So he's almost worth two-tenths of a win every game, which is a lot. Um, he's one-fifth. He's worth, you know, yeah. in, in, a, in a sport where eight players play, he's worth one-fifth of every win. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's big. Um, I think Tonight, too, you could have that, like, I don't know if you've heard this term before. I think it was Bill Simmons who coined it. Um, the Pat, the Ewing, Ewing effect, I think. Like, the Patrick Ewing, when he got injured and the Knicks had, like, a really good season or stretch or something without Patrick Ewing, and people were like, man, are they better without Patrick Ewing? But there's just, like, sometimes this, this I don't know what it is, like, boost that you can have or, or maybe it just catches the other team off guard in preparation Dude for a short term. up for their backup quarterback. Right, where it's like clearly the team is better when they have their better player, but sometimes guys can almost ride off of that and it can allow them to step up. And yeah, they relax too much without with him on there. Yeah, that it's just like, hey, we know he'll take care of us, but sometimes uh, maybe this will get you more alert, maybe think- this will get you more focused, and maybe this ends up being the best thing for the team. Like, it, clearly you don't want this to happen. Uh, you never want anybody to get injured. You never want anybody to get sick. You never want people to miss games. You especially don't want anybody to get COVID because we've seen how many people have suffered uh, really bad um, either you know symptoms from this or have died yeah. from COVID. So you never want that to happen. So that's not but at all we, what I'm saying. If we come in tomorrow and somebody's gone off and the Jayhawks have won this game. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes something that looks you know, like bad situation can end up being good. Um a blessing in disguise, so to speak. And maybe that'll end up being what tonight is for KU. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're going to talk more with Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Coming up on the other side with Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST. Joined now on a Tuesday by Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. With Adam Dravetta, Derek Johnson here on RCST. So Ochak Baji not traveling with the team to Ames. He won't be playing, obviously, tonight for KU. Matt, who has to step up the most in Ochai's absence for KU to walk out of uh, Hilton Coliseum with a victory tonight? Well, normally you would think a guard because he is a guard. And so, you know, you're going to look at who's going to start in his place. What can the other guards do? I don't think that's the answer in this case, though. I think the answer is David McCormick. Number one, because I think it's a good matchup for big guys against Iowa State's smaller type lineup. That was the case last time. And, and, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head how well Dave played. I'm going to guess it wasn't great, but um, he's got a chance tonight. I mean, this could be the type of game that that, that really does something for his psyche and, and the rest of his season, almost a springboard of sorts. So in order for that to happen, they obviously have to decide that that's how they want to play, but this is Bill Self we're talking about. <laughs> he's never met a big man that he didn't like that he didn't want to play through. You know, I mean, he loves that, that idea. So... We'll see if they do that, but I, I really do think this is a game that if David McCormick shows up and is dominant and can be a guy that is a force like we saw at times last year during Big 12 play, um, I, I think they could still win the game. And I think if he were to do that, then Jalen Wilson and Christian Brown and DeWan Harris and everybody else around can just go do what they do. And, and they don't have to you know play out of their minds or anything like that. So, it's a big ask because of how Dave's been performing lately and, and his inconsistencies and struggles, but um, I, I think that's the answer. I think he's the number one guy that, that they would look to, to to maybe be a guy that could make up some of Ochai's points. Of course, everybody's going to have to step up. You lose a guy like that, you lose a leader, you lose a scorer, you lose all that stuff. Um, you know, everybody's got to elevate their game a little bit, but I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's uh, – Hey, Jalen Coleman lands, go score 20. You know, it's, it, there's no way. That's, that's not anything they would ask of him. And, and, and so I think it's unfair to do that. And I think it's completely fair to take a guy like David McCormick and say, listen, man, you were preseason all Big 12 and you're the reigning Big 12 most improved player. You're a senior. Go win us this game. 
and get off the snide a little bit. So we'll see if he does it, but um, I, I think that's I think that's the place you start. What would you do if I told you that David McCormick had zero shots in the last Iowa State game? That was the game that uh, KJ Adams actually started the game. Yeah, Dave didn't play much at all. Probably less than ten, 10 minutes, maybe right. Right at ten. Yeah. So, and, and if I'm not mistaken, maybe four minutes in the second half or something crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. it was. It was not a lot, and, and, and that was not a good time for him or, or Mitch. I mean, that's part of the reason that K.J. started that game. Self was really unhappy with the way his bigs were playing. And, and he said yesterday that, for the most part, they got that wake-up call and that message that he sent by starting K.J. Adams. So, you know, he's been happier with them since that. Um, but they're still not perfect. They still have a long ways to go. They still have a lot of things they need to do. Uh, more consistently and, and, and at a higher level, too. So uh, I'm not shocked that he didn't have a, a, a field goal attempt, but um, I don't think that'll be the case tonight. I, I think they need him. I think they need him for the rest of their season, the run they want to make, all that stuff. And, and, and while we're addressing the thing, let's, let's talk about Remy real quick. Um, Bill Self said yesterday that Remy Martin was on a leg and a half and can't move against Kentucky just three days ago. It's not going to be Remy tonight. I mean, people need to understand that and accept that right now. He may play. He may not play. He may play more minutes. He may not. But he is not going to be the Ochai savior tonight because he is still hobbling and injured, and you can see it when you watch him play. So as much as that would be a beautiful story for Hollywood and everyone would love it in Kansas land, it's not going to be Remy Martin goes for 30 points and saves the day tonight. I just don't think he's in a position to be able to do that physically. Now that I've said that, he probably will. So you can play this the rest of the week and, and clown me if you want, if it goes that way. But I just don't think it's going to go that way. Yeah, if I had to, you know, not that I have any, like, inside knowledge or anything, but I would assume that just I'm, I'm not expecting Remy to, to go tonight. But even if he does, who knows what the role is. Uh, let's be under that assumption that Remy Martin doesn't go tonight. Obviously, we know Ochai for sure isn't going tonight. I, I asked you who needs to step up. You answered, Dave, who do you think will get the most increased opportunity, though, um, as far as one of the guys who maybe haven't gotten those, whether it's a bench guy, whether it's somebody who is playing off the bench but could get more minutes. Who do you think has the most to gain in terms of playing time tonight? Yeah, it's a hard one because, you know, Pettiford's still not hurt, or I would say him, or I'm sorry, he's still not fully healthy, or I would say him, and it still could be him because, you know, self said yesterday he's trending in the right direction, so... That that would be this would be a great jumping off point for him too if he if he could do it. Um, but I don't I don't like that as an answer. Um, Joseph Giuseppe, uh he's just not playing enough to, to pick him as an answer. Um, I mean I think he's single digit minutes in in eight of his last ten games and and he's missed four games entirely as a healthy scratch I think so it's hard to look at him. Um, you know, for me, it's 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 not about bench guys. It's about the, the the horses. It's about the guys you know you have and and what you can ask of them. And and so I, I think it's I think it's two guys in that regard where I, I think Jalen Wilson has to be more aggressive and and probably will look and should look to take more shots tonight and uh, try to pick up some of that load, whether that's three point shots or driving or both, whatever it is. I, I think there's an opportunity for him to do that and, and Dewan Harris too. I mean, everybody's. Everybody's uh, used to Dewan being a kind of non-factor offensively, at least as a scorer. Um, but he could do more. There's no doubt about it, and and he can score. He's shown that in spurts and, and in certain games, and and, uh, and and I think he needs to look to, to be more offensive-minded tonight than just a setting the table kind of guy. So, you know, Christian Brown's going to give you what he gives you. Mitch Lightfoot's going to give you what he gives you. Um, KJ Adams. Uh, you know, maybe he factors in a little differently tonight. Um, maybe, maybe he gets a, a little bit more of a role on the wing instead of instead of as a as a big man and trying to trying to play that five spot. Um, so that'd be interesting to see, and, and probably the most interesting of all this because I think the other roles are so clearly defined. And, and as I said, all those guys are going to have to step up. You just you just have to collectively without without a player like Ochai Baji, but. Um, I think it's still a whole lot to ask for, for you to expect or anyone to expect K.J. Adams to take a huge chunk of that and, and fill that void tonight. So I think Jalen and Dewan, if, if, you know, if Dave can do his part, I think that's, that's a huge, huge thing for this team and keeps them 
um, in the conversation for winning tonight. Um, if he can't, I don't think they'll win. But um, but if if he does that, then then I think the next two guys that you have to you have to figure will will elevate or step up or whatever you want to say. It, it has to be Jalen Wilson looking to be more of an alpha, more offensive minded, more like he did at times last year. I mean, it's not foreign to him. He's capable of doing that, and and in a lot of ways likes that that role in that moment. So maybe maybe he has a big game tonight, and maybe it's his thirty point game tonight. Uh, OJ just had his. Uh, others have had that kind of game up here in the past. Elijah Johnson, obviously the one that comes to mind. So, you know, maybe that's the the, the kind of thing that's in the cards for Jalen. But um, we'll see. We'll find out. It, you know, it was already a pretty interesting game coming off the loss to Kentucky and just kind of their their psyche and their their approach and their mindset and all of that. But it got a lot more interesting with this news. And uh, now it's you know Iowa State has to probably be the favorite and feel good about their chances, but. We'll see what Kansas is made of in a whole different way than we expected to see. And, and, and I think we would have probably learned a lot about them already, but now we're going to potentially learn a lot more. Yeah, I think this is a, a very opportunistic opportunity, as I mince words there. Um, uh, because if, if they win this game without Ochag Baji and, and possibly without Remy Martin, then all of a sudden I think you maybe do feel a little bit better about coming off of Saturday and the blowout loss to Kentucky, and I also think that you know it's it's an opportunity for as deep of a team as we thought this was going to be headed into the year hasn't really paid off dividends with that depth of the team. Well, tonight's a night where the depth could hypothetically pay off if it goes your way, but if this doesn't go Kansas's way, then I think that maybe a conversation we were just having before we brought you on, like would Kansas be a even top twenty five team? Without Ochag Baji, hypothetically, if he uh, would have just gone pro, or if Ochag Baji just didn't exist in this, uh, I don't want to call it a fantasy world because it doesn't sound like a, a fantasy. But um, I, I just kind of wonder, with at times this season where the offense has looked so stuck in the mud, with basically it's just Ochag Baji and nobody else is scoring. I wonder if they have to win tonight with defense, which is a scary proposition because. Uh, we just saw what the Kentucky offense did to the Kansas defense, and the defense has not been very good this year. Yeah, that's the bigger part. The defense has not been very good because Iowa State is no Kentucky. We know that. They don't have the same athletes. They don't have the same big guys, all of that. But your your point's still very solid because, I mean, this is not a team that has shown yet that they can win a game defensively by making the other team play bad. They can do that a possession or two, uh, a couple of minutes late. They've shown those opportunities do exist and that they can do that. But um, to win a whole game with your defense, I mean, you're right. I mean, there's a first time for everything, and and maybe this is what it would take for them to kind of understand and embrace that. But understanding and embracing it's one thing. You still have to go do it. And I just don't know if these guys can do that yet. So, um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be a really interesting thing to watch how they handle this. And, and, uh, it could be, you know, one of those things that you look back on in in six weeks and go, man, that, that was a real blessing in disguise. And, and, you know, no one would ever want to play a game without Ojai, um, or their leading score or, or the conference's leading score or whoever it is. Right. But, um, yeah, that's life, and, and that's the hand you're dealt right now, and you, you can't forfeit the game. You're not going to not play because you feel sorry for yourself. You have to go figure it out and try to find a way to win. And you know, I, I still think they have the horses, but you're, you're right. I mean, without Ochai, they're, they're – I mean, goodness, we don't really know what they are without him because he's played so many minutes in such a big role. But I think we can kind of answer that question by going back to that Oklahoma game where he – banged his wrist into the scores table there and, and was out for a portion of that game and obviously came back in and made some winning plays late was a huge part of the reason they won that game, even though his numbers weren't amazing. But after that game, when asked about Ochai's wrist, excuse me, wrist, uh, self said flat out and in, 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 in no uncertain terms, he said, my God, I don't know what we would have done without if he, if he broke his wrist or something. So that answers your question. I mean, that's that. That's a head coach who doesn't usually speak in absolutes like that, and he was speaking very, very plainly and clearly that he does not know how they would have handled that if that was a broken wrist. And Ochai was out for 
you know, however many weeks that would have taken him out. So um, I don't know that he's learned a whole lot more between then and now to, to, to feel good about this situation going into tonight. But, again, they're – no one's feeling sorry for them. No one's going to cry. They're not going to cry for themselves. they got to show up and put their best effort out there and see if that's good enough. And, and it might not be. I mean, you know, they, they, could, they could handle this really well, and they could still lose the game. And, you know, that's, that's as much about Iowa State as anything. This is a very good team. Uh, they're good at home. They're, they're, it's going to be rocking tonight. They're going to be fired up to have KU in there. They're going to smell blood, number one, because KU lost to Kentucky, and they saw that. But number two, they know they're without their guy now. And so the, the players, the fans, the whole building is, is going to be, you know, fevered in, in the sense of just wanting to, to kick these guys while they're down. And, and so that's what we'll learn as much as anything. Win or lose, how does KU handle that? How do they stand up to that? Because that's a tough tough hand to be dealt. And I don't think that, you know, anybody would would know automatically how to handle that. But toughness. The, the mental approach, all those things that Self always preaches and are, are, are almost always, you know, a big part of his program and their identity, uh, those things are going to matter tonight more than they have at any point this year probably. We're talking with Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. I don't know if, if this is something you know, um, but with Ochai, uh, I, I guess, being out for tonight, like, does that preclude him from playing on Saturday against Baylor, or what's kind of the whole process there? Yeah, it's a couple of things. I don't know for sure because um, we haven't had a chance to talk to anybody about it yet, but the, the two biggest factors are whether he tested positive um, or not, and, and if he did test positive, then when did he test positive? Because the NCAA guidelines right now that I just found online and was trying to kind of count the days and figure that out. Um, the NCAA guidelines say five days uh, are, are required uh, to, to kind of sit out, and then you are able to participate in days six through ten because they recommend a mask from that point on um, for the next five days anyway. But you are able to participate in, in days six through ten provided you, uh, you, you produce a negative test. And uh, so... At that point, we have to figure out how long has five days been. And, again, this is if he tested positive. KU did not say whether he did or did not. We did not know the answer to that yet. Um, we may not ever know it, but as of today, we don't know it. But when you're looking ahead to Baylor, it, that, that's the big question. Did he test positive? And if he did, when did that happen? Because if it was today, well, today's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, that puts you in a tough spot if he tested uh, Monday or even Sunday, then that gives you a chance to get that five-day period out of the way and then be back for Baylor um, on Saturday. So big big questions there. Obviously, if and when, those are the two most important ones. And uh, we'll see what we can find out later tonight um, when we get up there. But um, it'll, it'll be uh, – yeah, that'll be really interesting. It's, it's right on the line. It seems to me like it's right on the line. Again, assuming – that, that it's a positive test that we're talking about here. And if it's not, then then I think that obviously increases the odds of him playing tremendously. But um, but if it is positive, then then it's all about the win of the test. And uh, I don't know what to say. I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't have a read or a feel on that. I mean, they need him against Baylor, but they need him against everybody. You know, that's 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 not a that's not a, a newsflash there. That's just a fact. And and so if he, if he misses both of these games. Um, could be a rough week for KU, for sure. He is Matt Tate. You can check out all his work in the Lawrence Journal world and at KUSports.com before we let you go. One last thing with Adam. All right, Matt, one last thing. What speed are you currently driving at? It looks like 62 miles per hour, a very law-abiding 62 miles. No, I'm just kidding. 78, 79. All right. There. Okay, so you're you're... Within you're within the ten mile, right? It's seventy going that way. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I then, don't yeah. even know if it's seventy. I assume so. Uh, well, uh, I, I hear a siren. Yeah. What's that no. noise? Uh oh. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much as always, man. Have fun tonight. Drive safe on your way back, and go check out Matt's work. KUSports.com, LJ World. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. That was Matt Tate. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. One hour down.
30 minutes to go. We're out early today. Coverage of KU and Iowa State starts at 4.30. We had tip-off at 6 o'clock between the Jayhawks, shorthanded tonight, and the Cyclones. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Four o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk, our final half hour of the day. Out early for KU Iowa State coverage with Adam Dravetta. I am Derek Johnson. Uh, we should probably mention this today. It's mostly been a, a KU show. Um, Tom Brady officially retiring. We, we, Briefly mentioned it the other day because there were reports about it over the weekend, but it wasn't really totally confirmed, at least by Tom Brady's side. We mentioned that it seemed like it was just Tom Brady trying to uh, get the story out himself and, and that maybe it was it was broken in front of him. It almost feels like one of those situations where, you know, when a high school kid's like com- uh, committing to a college yeah. and somebody will like break it like an hour before and be like, breaking this five-star commit is going to attend Kansas or whatever. And then, like an hour later, there's it's it's so anticlimactic. Like that, that's kind of how this felt to me. Do you think there was a part of the arrest of the NFL, particularly the NFC South, that was like he's going to come back and play just out of spite, <laughs> just because he's pissed that this got out ahead of him? It, like there's I, that, that they had to be thinking that, right? Yes, a hundred percent. And and that would scare me. Um, do you think there is a chance that Tom Brady? is not done playing football yet. That he'll miss the game either later in the offseason or come back in another year. I mean, clear he, he's going to finish I think number he, two in MVP voting, I think right? if he comes back, it's going to be, it'll have to be for this this training camp. I, I think it will have to be. Um, I don't, I, you know, it'd be, well, of course, I mean, it's, you know, crazy what he's doing at his age, period. But to take a year off, I would think if he's going to come back, like if we're sitting here in August or July and, there's reports that Brady might want to come back during, you know, he's getting the itch when come training camp. That wouldn't stun me. I, I But I really can't see it happening in 2023. If we're sitting there at the beginning of the 2022 um, training camps, I, I I can picture that scenario in my mind. But 2023, no, I can't picture that. Ultimately, though, I'd say no, neither of them happens. If it happens, I think it's this year, though. Okay, follow-up question. Does Tom Brady end up in broadcasting? I don't know. I don't know how much he is. I mean, clearly he doesn't need the money. He, yeah, but he neither. Yeah, but he's neither did Peyton Manning. The thing about Tom is, he, but Peyton has a little bit of a different gig. He's got the, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but Tom kind of has. He seems like a. I think he would be good at. I it. I think he'd be good at, but he just seems like a kind of a private guy. I, I, he just kind of a. And I think you know what I really, even though his job requires so much travel, I think he's a bit of a homebody. And I think part of the job, a part of it might be him looking forward to sticking around at home. Well, I mean, if he does like a studio show. You could do that, you know? yeah. I don't know. I, I could absolutely see. You know what I could see? There was a rumor. I mean, is, is Peyton Manning the only example of somebody who played at that level continuing to go on and do that sort of work? Yeah, because, I mean, like Tony Romo was a good quarterback, but he wasn't. not going to the Hall of Fame. Right, exactly. And, I mean, there, there's Shaq and, and Charles Barkley on the you know on Inside the NBA, but mm-hmm. in football. Um, it doesn't happen. I time. mean, it happens with coaches, with coaches right? but it's, it doesn't seem to happen nearly as much with high, high, high-level quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost hard to envision because it's like, hey, I've made all this money, like, I don't. I have no need to work, but maybe he just wants to be around the game. Maybe he loves the game. I. I don't know. I could see him being good at it, and I could also see uh, a situation. I mean, I guess Drew Brees went straight to NBC, right? Oh yeah, you're right. That you just did. happened. I, um, I forgot he's on there in that pregame. Like that would not surprise me at all if I saw a rumor out there. I. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but like that Troy Aikman was going to leave Fox. Like imagine if Fox was like, "Hey, Tom, we'll pay you twenty million dollars." Yeah, to compete you know? with Romo. Yeah. Right. Keep with pretty good Romo. move, yeah. And I mean, if you're Tom Brady again, like, you've made so much money, so it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Maybe you care more about the time, but if you're like, all I have to do is call one game a week, yeah. And you know, obviously, there's a couple extra days in there where you're doing prep, yeah. And I mean, doing there's, meetings there's work and stuff. to it. It's not like they it's just not like show it's, up. it's all seven days of yeah. the week, right? It's the, it's less hours a week than than playing, and you know, MVP caliber yeah. quarterback. So I think I think that's going to happen personally, but hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, 
Uh, good for Tom Brady. Great career. Greatest of all time. Uh, yeah, what, Kelsey? It's, it's, right. We can't add it's overdone. I can't, you know. You know. What could I say that has not already been told to you or you did not already know this about is how, Tom Brady? This is how you know he's the greatest ever. It's because it's become, like, people use... People use saying he's not the best ever as a way to get attention. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. That's it. It's like, oh, so, I'm a contrarian. Yeah. Right. So that's the only people who don't claim he's the best ever are people who just want to be contrarians. Yeah. Coming um, up at 445, we're going to debate Joe Namath versus Tom Brady. Um, anyway, uh, I, I do want to talk a little more KU here. All of the players that KU brought in to improve their athleticism, because remember when they got blown out by USC, um, that was the talk. It was, you know, we want to be more athletic. We want to be faster. We want to be more dynamic. And all of those guys you brought in to fix that, Joe Yesifu, Remy Martin, KJ Adams, um, I, I don't know, I, I guess Kyle Cuff, but I, I don't think there was ever a reason that he was going to play this year. He's redshirting. Bobby Pettiford. All of those guys that you brought in that would hypothetically change that don't really have a role yeah. on this team. I wonder if there's, you know, is is there something to self? You know, we kind of criticized um, um, Steve Spagnolo for not playing certain guys, and the theory was, well, does he sacrifice athleticism for guys who know the system better? I wonder if self is doing that. Um, you know, and, and I'll say this: I think one setback has been the expectation that McCormick was going to improve, and he hasn't. Um, and I think, you know, the, the biggest jump in athleticism hasn't hasn't even been an addition. It's been Ochai becoming more athletic. Do you think if, if someone told Bill Self that, like, what Dave has done, if he showed him, I don't know, his game logs or something, to this point in the season, if, if you went back in, like, August and said, hey, Bill, this is going to be Dave, his ups and downs throughout the season this year, it's going to be like the first half of last year, do you think he would have? maybe experimented more with, with Zach Clemens and K.J. Adams and some of those other guys early in the season? Yeah, it's possible. I think it, if you go back further and tell him that, he would have looked. Who are some available big men? Kofi Coburn. Oscar Shibway. Yeah. Although, no, I think Oscar picked Kentucky in, like, January. Did he? Okay, okay, yeah. okay. See, I mean, there there was a guy right point there. Being, he's, there was, he's in your con. You're going right. to be facing him this Saturday. I mean, hell, you could have gone for, uh, and I don't know how much this would have fit because clearly KU needs like rim protection on defense. But you could have gone for like the the Groves brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, those aren't his but style, yeah, yeah, big man. Correct. I think Kofi is a really good mm-hmm. example of somebody he could have gotten. I uh, the thing is, and and I think it was Newell, maybe it was Tate. You know, we brought. I think it was Newell because we 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 brought up. You know, did he did he eye some other big men? And and it was kind of a question of. What more? I mean, he he only had so many spots to fill, and so I get that. Um, but the, now the question is, like, I I don't know that you can blame self. Now look, self self runs the program, and so any anything that goes on in the program falls on him. But I also don't think you can necessarily put on self. You know, not realizing how bad. David McCormick is going to be this year. No, you couldn't do it. So I think it's fair, if you look at the decisions he made, it's fair that he focused so much on adding at the guard position, not the big man position. Oh, 100%. I mean, think about it. Like, in the offseason, David McCormick was coming off a second-team All-Big 12 season because of what he did over the last three months of the mm-hmm. season. And he had over 20 points in their first-round NCAA tournament game. The talk wasn't, hey, they need to fix the five-man spot. The talk was... Oh, they figured out the five minutes. They're set spot, there right? now. Let's get yeah, yeah. So, um, but as far as Remy goes, man, I, I, I do wonder. I don't know. I kind of wonder if this is just something that Self's going to have to look at and either say to himself, "Well, I need to either, you know, be, you know, build a system that is friendly to one-year transfers, um, that you know they can learn on the fly very, very quickly." Or I'm just going to have to learn to be okay with people not, you know, with, with guards especially, mm-hmm. not doing things perfectly. I mean, you brought up the other day, Tariq Black was a one-year transfer, and it worked out magically. Mm-hmm. It was He was great. That team itself obviously fell short in the tournament, but he was fantastic. Filled his role perfectly. Yeah. Isaiah Moss, 
Filled your role perfectly. Yep, yep, yep. Hit shots from um, the outside, right? But I, I do wonder if there's something that, that Self needs to look at with either, look, I don't want to bother with big, with uh, with transfer guards anymore, or I'm going to have to change the way I teach my guards to to condense my system into something that, that somebody can learn in an offseason. Yeah, because those are the big ones that you're missing out there. When you brought in Joe Yasufu and Remy Martin, it was, those guys might be the starting guards you, together. But And you the, the, the other side of that, though, is, you can't argue for a second. Nobody can argue against the positives of self system for guards when they're here long term. Oh, 100%. The but the, and so that's the other side. And you still might get and, that with yes. Exactly. And the question yeah. and Pettiford. Yeah, and yeah. the question you ask yourself then if you're Bill Self is do I want to you know, do I want to figure something out a way that I can condense my system for a guard to learn it within one off season? and maybe plus the first semester of a season so he's ready by conference play, or do I just not want to bother with with one-year guards? And that's why I think tonight's interesting. I mean, they don't have to play all those guys. Like, it could just be Jalen Coleman-Lands, you fill in for Ochag Baji, everybody's getting more minutes, who already normally plays. But tonight's the opportunity, a guy like Joe Yasufu, to maybe establish himself in the rotation. A guy like Bobby Pettiford to establish himself in the rotation. Whoever, one of these guys that can maybe add to your team's athleticism, you got to do it tonight because tonight's going to be your best opportunity. Ochai's not playing. That's a lot of minutes to cover up. Remy Martin might or might not play, but even if he does, I can't imagine he's going to give you more than 20 minutes in the game. There are a lot of minutes available. Tonight's against a good team. If you can go out there, perform well in a role position, Maybe you can start to further implant yourself, and if that happens for one of those athletic guys, that would be something that KU desperately needs, because we saw against Kentucky, yeah, it's uh, kind of more of the same there with the USC game, just probably a better version of KU this year. All right, with Adam Trevetta, I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to get to our Rock Chalk Pickahawk on the other side. This is RCST on KLWN, KLWN.com, depend on it. All right, we're almost done with the day already, out at 4.30 as we move over for pregame coverage of KU Iowa State with David Lawrence and Sean Kellerman. Tip-off at 6 o'clock with Brian Haney, Greg Gurley on the call here on KLWN, KLWN.com, and our sister station, 105.9 KISS. But one thing we haven't done yet today that we need to because we do it before every game, Rock Chalk Pick a Hawk. I am 7-4 and four off a as, as, as ugly and tight of a win as possible. Honestly, did I just have the Bill Self special? I mean, yeah, you, you, you forced, you know, you, I played ugly, we both played ugly, and you gritted out a win. 39-38. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us have one-point wins now. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. the Texas Tech game, you won by a point. Yep. Uh, but that was uh, a much uh, more aesthetically game. pleasing yeah. game. Yeah. Okay, so I have the first pick this time. You took Christian first last time, which ended up being the right pick. Christian had 22. Ochai had 11. He really struggled against Kentucky. But tonight, it's really interesting. Because there's no Ochai. Exactly. And we also don't really know anything about, about Remy. Martin, we don't know his status. Right? I would imagine that, because typically how this works, um, again, we'll have pregame coverage at 430. Uh, self speaks uh, during the pregame show at some point. And usually that's when... Like, we'll find out about Remy or not. So stick around for that because you'll probably get a, a tell on that. But as of right now, we do not know. Um, so I have the first pick very clearly for me, especially without Ochag Baji. This is a good one that I just happened to have the first pick. Um, I'll take Christian Brown. Yeah, funny how it worked out this way. I know, right? Um, so Christian Brown for you, the obvious one. Um, I'm going to take, take Jalen Wilson. And you know what? I know this sounds weird, but I, 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 I'm leaning. I, maybe Matt Tate just convinced me because um, he was really talking. I mean, we, we, we all agreed, you know, McCormick was a no-show last time they played Iowa State. But is this going to be his night to assert himself? Um, the thing is, I, I, I guess I'm Jalen, uh, Jalen Wilson's my first pick, and I, I think I, I mean, do I kind of just, I guess I could take Dewan. Uh, and hope he doesn't miss a bunch of shots. Um, but I'm going to take Dave. And cause if, if for nothing else, I'm, I'm going to just think of it in terms of him playing well has to be what would happen for KU to win, and thus it would have to be what happens would have to happen for me to win. Well, I mean, if we're looking at the offense, and uh, we talked about this earlier, like what could the starting five be, all that stuff. 
let's say it's the starting lineup of Dewan Harris, Jalen Coleman Lance is in for Ochai, and then you have the other three with with Christian, Jalen, and Dave. Um Dewan is obviously not a go-to option on offense. He's a ball mover. Jalen Coleman lands can score at a high level where he could look like on a specific game, like he had the 20-point game against George Mason, yep. where that game it looks like he was a primary option, but he wasn't. He's just a guy who is in the flow of the offense. If you get him a shot, he'll he's, take he'll it, take right? It, yeah. But he's not somebody you're going to give the ball to and say, hey, go shake this guy and then make a shot, or go isolate on this guy and make a shot, right? Yeah, Christian hypothetically, you'd want him to be that because he's probably your second best player. But as we know, he's more of a guy who gets his points off cuts and in transition. Jalen could be that. But outside of that, like David McCormick is the other half-court option. Yeah. So I think that's a good pick. Okay, um, so I have back-to-back picks here. Hmm. This is tough um, because even if, like, it could be Jalen Coleman lands in the starting lineup. It might not be, you know? It could be Remy Martin. Like we said, we don't know. Could they go with another of the guards to give uh, more ball handling? Like, could Joe Yesville all of a sudden randomly? Could K.J. Adams uh, be in there in the starting lineup? I will go with, above the the questions, I will go with the guy that I know is going to play a lot tonight. That'll be Dewan Harris. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, minutes. Exactly. And then I will go with another guy that I feel comfortable is going to play a good amount tonight even though he won't be a starter, and I would be... I guess it's possible he could be a starter because he actually played pretty well against Kentucky. He had the seven rebounds, and Dave struggled, so hypothetically he could, but I'm not expecting it. I'll go with Mitch Lightfoot. Okay, I was. I thought Okay, I thought you were going to say KJ, mm. but you're right. Mitch Mitch had the, the better game statistically compared to all those guys, both those guys. Um, So you took DeWan and Mitch Lightfoot? Yep. Um... Let's see. I mean, whoever the fifth starter is, again, we don't know who it is. Yeah, that's the thing. He's Um, there. I'm going to take. You risk it with Remy. No, I don't know. I I really just the way Bill was talking. I really don't think Remy plays. I just I really don't. Um, So, golly, I guess I'm going to take Jalen Coleman lands and KJ Adams. Because what other choice do I have? Who else are my choices? Well, I don't I mean, think Pettiford plays. Yeah, he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. He did play a little bit against I Kentucky. Mean, he may ha- he may be forced to get minutes if without Remy, but I just don't know if I trust him. You know, to to be productive in those minutes, I think I'm going to get crushed this week or this game. So I, uh, man, this is tough too because it's like. Okay, uh, Zach Clements ain't playing. He's he's injured. We heard the self-presser yesterday. He's out for at least another week, it sounds like. Um, I could go with Remy Martin and say the the risk-reward there. I mean, worst case, it's my last pick. So if he gets me zero points, it's not the worst thing in the world. We've even seen guys get negative points sometimes, right? So that's not the worst thing in the world. But, man, I, I think I'm going to go Joe Yesifu. And, and I... I say that knowing that Bobby Pettiford, I think, played more minutes in the Kentucky game um, to where uh, Selfs made comments as well, saying that Yesifu's like our fourth point guard. So clearly, and that was a couple weeks ago, but clearly it seems like Pettiford is ahead of Yesifu on the rotation chain. I just wonder if maybe tonight without Ochai, you want a little more athleticism in there. Well, there's Joe Yesifu. Um, maybe no Remy Martin tonight. That means either Yesifu or Bobby Pettiford. And, and Yesifu just hasn't got the shot going. I keep waiting for the threes to fall or for some of his jump shots to fall because he, he showed he is a good jump shooter last year at Drake. It just it hasn't come together. It's just clank after clank. I still think there's a game in there that Joe Yesifu can put it together and help your team win a game. And maybe that is tonight. I mean, there probably won't be a better opportunity than the one tonight. So I'll go Joe Yesifu to round out the draft. That means that nobody picked Remy Martin. That means that nobody picked Bobby Pettiford. And I think those would be the only scholarship players that would play tonight. What if Remy go like it just happens to step up and this is his like the game we've all been talking about, we've been waiting for. The well, twenty five point game. I mean, as Bill Self said when he was asked like who would Remy go back in for uh the game against Texas Tech, he said, Who are we gonna take out? And the one guy he didn't approach was Dewan, but he's like, You can't take out Jalen or you can't take out Christian. Well, it's built in now yeah. that 
Ochai is out, not so there yet. is a fifth he's spot. Not an option. He could be on the court to close if he plays tonight. Yeah. But that's a very, very big if, right? Um, so we'll see. That'd be funny if Remy Martin, like you said, though, goes off and he like scored more points than both of us, than either of us as a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the undrafted guys. All right. Uh, he's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. That's going to do it for this edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We'll recap our Rock Chalk Pick a Hawk tomorrow. We'll recap the game between KU and Iowa State, more importantly, on tomorrow's edition of RCST. Drive safe, everyone. Uh, whether it's your commute to work tomorrow, driving tonight, be safe, make good decisions on the road. This is Rock Truck Sports Talk. Stick around for KU Iowa State coming at you next. Pre-game 4.30, tip-off 6 o'clock here on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN and KLWN.com. Depending on it.